Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, Kev, we're in season five of the podcast. We're dealing with the fifth and final B, which is called Be the Best. Now, listeners, you have tuned into the B2B Playbook podcast, which is Kev and my podcast that shows you how you can use our evergreen framework step-by-step to drive more demand for your brand. And today, we're going to be talking about how you can be creative and stand out from the noise and actually, Kev, for the first time, Go beyond the framework that we have given you. That's it, listeners. As George said, we're in the final B of the 5Bs framework. This season, we're talking all things be the best. That's all about what to explore to make sure that you and your marketing stay evergreen and continue to be leaders in your industry. And in doing so, we hope you start to see the B2B framework as a circular process that we talked about last season, and you start to sharpen the saw around your application of the 5Bs framework as well. Last week, we spoke about those two concepts and how to apply them. And this week, we're turning to another overarching concept for Be The Best, which is thinking outside the framework. Kev, for those who have just joined us or who want a quick recap on what it is that we've discussed in really our first 103 episodes, we have been giving you the step-by-step framework for driving more demand. And Kev, that's our five beast framework. We said this season is the fifth and final B, be the best. The first four Bs, which were be ready, be helpful, be seen, and be better, they have hopefully set you up for success by ensuring that one, you deeply understand your dream customers, which is in be ready. Two, 
created content that was really helpful to them, which started to build relationships of trust with them online and position you as, of course, the expert. And we call that be helpful. Three, really amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth, which we call be seen. And then the fourth, be better, which is about optimizing your B2B marketing workflow to maximize your impact. Now, as Kevin said, as I've said, we are dealing with the fifth B, be the best. This week, we're talking about another overarching concept for be the best, which is thinking outside the framework. But Kev, we're not just going to throw away the framework entirely, are we? What is this thinking outside the framework? Don't tell me we're throwing it away. (laughs) <laughs> no, of course not. We're definitely not throwing away the framework. What we're doing here, as the label says on the box, is all about just getting creative with the framework. In your application of the framework, it might get a bit rigid. You might get stuck in the details of following it word for word, step by step. That's not what we intended. That's not what the framework is intended to do. A little bit more context around this idea of thinking outside the framework. With the advent of things like AI that we talked about quite a lot recently and very much overanalyzed at this point, I think, in the general media and in in our particular space in marketing, the key thing to note here is there is a lot of change going on in the marketing space. Beyond AI, this diversification and becoming fractured within the marketing mix that's going on that's been happening for quite a while. Things like COVID really threw things into just a really messy array of directions. TV was meant to be dying out for quite a while as one example. It really came back a little bit during COVID, but again, it's on that downward trajectory again. So it's things like radio, there's new channels coming in, search generative experience and chats and ads even in that experience is coming out as well. So a lot of changes as always in the marketing space, but particularly recently. And so B2B marketing along with that is constantly changing as well. And it may seem really daunting to keep up with all those changes and continue to be a thought and industry leader. And sure, it requires a lot of ongoing work for you to keep up with all those changes, but you should draw comfort knowing that the core principles of the framework and marketing don't really change and only the tactics and short-term strategies need updating. So again, going back to the idea that the framework is really a loose structure for you to figure out what specific tactics to slot in there in a particular given point in time. At the end of the day, it's still people-to-people marketing, as Timbo Reed told us when he came on the show. That said, while marketing concepts are evergreen, it helps to think of your application of the 5Bs framework in a slightly different light from time to time. And that's exactly what we mean when we say thinking outside the framework. It just means applying the framework in a different light, thinking about the same concepts, but in a different perspective and getting creative with how you apply the framework. The concepts still apply, but how you apply it, how you view it, the perspective that you take and the angle that you take can change. That might sound a bit loosey-goosey, but we'll get into how you can go about doing this and what that looks like in practice. And hopefully that'll give you a better idea of what we're talking about here, but we're definitely not throwing away the framework. Okay, good. Good. Look, I think, Kev, that it's all about that tactical execution of the framework, isn't it? The framework, the strategy should always really remain the same. The evergreen framework remains the same. The principles remain the same. But the tactics are are in response to, as you said, Kev, what's going on in the current environment? How are people behaving? Are there new channels? Are they doing things differently? What can you do to stand out from the noise? Now, marketing strategy is fundamentally 
the same and should always be the same because it's ultimately about building relationships with people. Kev, if I was to identify three key things, it's really the first three Bs of our five Bs framework. You need to first identify a group of people that you and your business are going to serve better than anyone else. Two, you're going to need to create an offer so good and so tailored to them that they would feel stupid saying no to it. And three, you're going to need to find ways of getting your key offer and your brand in front of them. Creating helpful content is a great way of executing number three in a terrific strategy, but let's Kev look at an example of a tactic that we can use to accelerate this. Now, when I say tactic, how can we execute this strategy faster? And in this particular circumstance, we're asking ourselves, how can we get noticed by our dream customers faster? To do that, we have to stand out from the crowd. Okay, Kev, let's look at an example. What is the crowd currently doing? Everyone is trying to get in front of their dream customers using digital. They're running ads, they're sending emails, and guess what? Like when you scroll through LinkedIn, when you scroll through Facebook, there's an ad every three or four posts. I suffer from ad blindness. You see so many that none of them stand out. Same thing with my emails, Kev. You've seen what a mess our email inbox is, and it's mostly my fault. Uh, we get so many outbound emails into our inbox because everyone's trying to reach us the same way. Now, guess where no one is trying to reach me other than the bank, Kev? And that's my letterbox. Or even if you have a company address, it's your mailbox at your company. No one is really trying to reach you there. So if you're trying to zig when others are zagging, if you're going to do a tactic to try and get in front of your customers faster, an opportunity there is to send them direct mail. Send direct mail campaigns that are hyper-relevant, hyper-personalized, that speak to your dream customer. And then that's an opportunity to get your offer in front of them. It's something that we actually teach in our eight-week account-based marketing program. It's a fantastic way to get in front of your dream customers is to package up a gift and send it to them. We did that to develop a relationship with Timbo Reed, one of our marketing heroes. We found out that he loves to go ocean swimming. So we went and got him some budgie smugglers, which is some speedos, some swimmers. We slapped the logo, his logo on them. And we found out his address and we sent him to his house. And what do you know? He loved it. He replied to our email. It opened up a terrific conversation. And now we have a great relationship with Timbo moving forward. So that's just an example, Kev, of being able to use a tactic to zig when others zag. So listeners, how it sits in with the other principles that we've already talked about, those overarching principles in the final B of the five Bs framework, it's really a complementary principle again to the circular framework. As you reapply the framework, you should also consider not just which parts that you need to go back to and you're making sure you're putting extra weight or the right amount of weight to each of those five Bs. You should also be considering how can you improve your most important processes with fresh ideas. So we talked about this idea about refreshing some of the different parts of processes that you've already put in place. This is one way to do that is putting a fresh set of ideas, fresh perspective on that. Think about, you know, is there a different channel mix? Is there different tactics that are useful in a particular time or place? And try and really think outside the box here to think here's the traditional ways. Is this something else I haven't considered? Should I reconsider everything in light of how my audience is changing, how their behaviors are changing? This is slightly different to the work that you might be doing in the fourth BB better to optimize existing processes. 
in that case, you're really looking at the details of an existing process and trying to find those efficiency plays. In this case, you're thinking about new processes altogether and really questioning the underlying assumptions in how you built those processes in the first place, in particular looking at different tactics and different maybe channels or ways of reaching your uh, dream customers that will help you stand out. And you can do this for your work by defining and constantly improving your audience segments as one starting point. As we talked about re-engaging your Dream 100, making sure that you're really understanding your dream customers again and taking those elements that you've learned about those groups of people to the next step of figuring out what's new then based on that, what's new in the behavior, what's new in, in terms of channels and tactics that you should be exploring even extending that to how you work with your best business partners. So we talked in, at length in previous seasons about how to engage your best referrers, your best business partners, complementary businesses to grow your business. Have those changed? Have the priorities for those business partners changed? And therefore, should the ways that you engage with those business partners also change? Is there new ways to engage with all those different groups through maybe new creative partnerships, maybe new ways to delight your dream customers, as George talked about just now, or maybe even just simply new support methods that they can use. So chatbots obviously is very hot right now. Maybe you have a set of help articles on your website that people don't really get a lot of value for, but you can chuck a lot of that into some of the chats, chatbot tools available these days to generate a more personalized and timely and helpful chatbot experience based on those help articles. Maybe those are the things that you can start to think about improving how you're supporting your customers. And maybe it's even worth just starting something as simple as an event. We talked about the power of events before, and it becomes increasingly important to make those connections in person as things go more and more digital. People are looking for those opportunities to be in person and if you create the right in-person experience, that will return a lot of benefits for your business. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast, that's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Kev, I think it's important for our listeners to think about how they should practically actually go about doing this. And look, you really shouldn't introduce anything if it doesn't have the best interests of the customer at the heart of it. You don't want to make a negative experience for them. So make sure you speak to your customers draw as many insights as you can, and then brainstorm within your marketing team with leadership, with sales. How can we make this experience even better for the customer? What can we test with our marketing? What can we test from the, our point of view of a product? 
to see if we can really make an improvement and take things to the next level. Now, what's really key here again, Kev, I think we talk about it every episode, is the 80-20 principle. But in this circumstance, I would say spend 80% of your time sticking to your projects, sticking to the 5Bs framework, the things that do work. Keep doing that. And then spend 20% of your time or budget on these pilot projects. So if, for example, you think that an event or a collaboration is the best way forward or it is something that you want to test out, don't spend 80% of your time on it. 20% of your time, that's what we want to use to test that. So what is the minimum viable product or event that you can host with the smallest amount of budget that you can throw together to test to see if this works? You don't need to knock it out of the park the first time. It's just like when you're doing any demand creation program. You're putting together something with limited resources and you just want to check for signs of life to see is this worth investing in should this now make its way into our 80 percent of activities or was it not successful and needs to be tweaked or refined i think that's a really good way for people to approach it kev yeah great way to approach it thanks for covering that george and listeners hopefully that will build and structure your sessions as you start to talk about these things in a very practical way. How do you actually go about thinking outside the framework or applying the framework in a different perspective? And I think to make it even more concrete and even more actionable and even more practical, you know that calendar event that we asked you to put in place in your calendar every three, six, 12 months in the last episode where you go back and you review the framework and you think about have my dream customers changed? We'll add one more dot point to the agenda for that recurring event. And that is to look at, okay, now that you have an understanding of how your dream customers have changed, how does that apply to the tactics and processes you have in place? Because that is what this overarching principle is all about. It's about setting aside a bit of time, building a time and a place into your marketing process to actually ensure you're looking for those new ideas and you're not getting stale. You're putting aside time to review how your processes work and to actually question the underlying assumptions you have there. A lot of the ideas, as we said in the last episode, will already be there. You just need to talk to your dream customers and you probably already have a lot of these ideas then lined up after that process. But if you add an item to that same agenda to say, here's the point where I take those ideas and I actually action and think about how to action them in our existing processes, that is all you need to do in order to hit this overarching principle that we're talking about in this episode, which is applying those fresh ideas so that you start thinking outside the box for the framework and keep yourself from going stale and from dropping off that leading position within your industry with your marketing. Just to give you a little bit more clarity again as to how Kevin and I do this, look, We have our major tasks that we need to perform each month in our Google Sheet. If you looked in our Google Sheet, it would look extremely boring because the tasks that we do are really repetitive, but we just got to go through and tick them off. And then at the bottom, we do have our additional projects section to that Google Sheet, which is things that we want to try. And then we have listed that out over the next year, like what little pilot projects do we want to test out? but that we can't dedicate all our time to because we're spending 80% of our time just doing all the stuff that you guys see, plus running our business, of course. So one example of that was we wanted to try collaboration for the first time. And that's the collaboration that we got off the ground. We got Dovetail as a sponsor. We did that whole collaboration around how much money can we make, Monica. We're investing $500 into 
LinkedIn ads and whatever we make, 20% of it we're giving back to Monica. That was like a fun collaboration idea that we wanted to test out. But if I had dedicated 80% of my time to it, I couldn't have functioned. The rest of the business couldn't have functioned. We couldn't have kept the rest of our demand creation activities going. Instead, we just dedicated probably 10, 15% of time to it, obviously much less over the quarter, and just did the bare minimum to get this thing off the ground to see how it's gone. And look, Kev, we're still reviewing all the data, but I think collaborations really worked for us. It absolutely led to pipeline. It absolutely led to a whole lot of our ICP following us, listening to the podcast, engaging with our brand. It's done all those things. So now it's actually earned its position in the next quarter, in the next six months to move into our 80% of activities to, to absorb a bit more of our time because we know it's something that drives the business forward. That's a great example, George. I think another one in a similar vein is with all this talk about AI, we obviously wanted to explore that for ourselves. And we genuinely encourage you to try and keep across the developments here and apply any ideas that might work well. But as George said, do that 80-20 analysis and maybe figure out what the right bucket is that the AI falls into. Is it within that 20% of effort that you put in to get the 80% of the results? Or is it something that's a little lower on the priority list? And just make sure to, along the way, take those learnings and make sure to automate as much as possible and have audiences as dynamic as possible. It's less work down the track as you start to use it more and make sure that it's still correctly following your particular customer audience group and behaviors. But also keep in mind here, of course, from our own learnings that AI's performance is largely dependent on the quality of your data. So part of the reason why we signed up to HubSpot and we started really gathering and tidying up our data ourselves is because if your data is not right, then you really shouldn't be starting to use AI because it doesn't have the data to work off to help you follow a particular audience or to help you get the most out of your data because don't have any. So we're right now not really using AI for our customer journeys precisely because we don't have a big enough pool of data to, to really use there to get the most out of it. And for us, it doesn't sit within the 20% of activity that's going to drive the 80% of value for our business. But we are using it tactically in certain areas to help us with things like content repurposing. So processes where we really have a lot of the content ideas already from the podcast and then we look to repurpose that using a little bit of help from our AI tools to get us started on the repurposing process. But I'm sure there's really a lot of different ways that you can start to build in AI into your own workflow to make sure that you're even more helpful with your audience. As George said, you still have to remain helpful to your audience. That's got to be this, uh, the key foundational drive behind using any of these new tactics. I saw that there was an AI that understands your whole website and is able to send visitors to you, your website's most relevant article based on their question. So that's something that's potentially really relevant for those businesses. As I mentioned before, that has a large knowledge base that they're willing to give it to AI to run and to point people to. So that's potentially one use that certain businesses have. And I'm sure you can start to augment your outreach in some way using AI as well, wherever it's relevant. But for us at the moment, it's just a tactical decision to only use it for repurposing of content for now. 
And then as we develop our customer data, as it becomes more important and a bigger impact on our business and business activities and the value and impact that you can drive, then it maybe shifts higher up the priority list for us to include in that 20% of activities we do. All right, very good, Kev. Really one final note here when it comes to thinking outside the framework and looking at different tactics to help you stand up from the noise. Just try and make your customer interactions very human. And there's a lot of brands out there that are extremely boring, that are really, yeah, just old-fashioned. And if it works in your industry, see how you can make your marketing personal, funny, or memorable. Just revisit that as often as you can. Are there things that you can take inspiration from in other industries? It's a really noisy world out there, so do your best to stand out. And that also means taking that one step further and making sure that when you communicate as a brand, you guys are telling stories, that people are telling stories within your company that really resonate with your dream customers, that follow that hero's journey that is the same story format that is used in every epic blockbuster from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings. We did a whole episode on that, Kev. I can't remember exactly which one that was, but I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes. But make it human, tell stories. It's a great way to stand out from the noise. Yeah, that's it, listeners. Make it unique. That is essentially what we're saying. At the end of the day, things like AI can imitate anybody's voice, but they have to have some input to begin with. And that's where we come in as marketers, as the creatives in the space. We can make things not boring. We can give things a unique voice, particularly brands for your business and B2B marketing. That's what's going to help you stand out. And then you can use tools like AI to help you amplify that. But the initial creation phase is still up to you. And that's why George and I do the podcast. That's our initial voice. That's our key pillar piece of content. That is our unique angle that we offer. So try and create that for your own brands and keep creating that and honing that over time. Just because it's unique also doesn't mean that it can't change over time and evolve over time to continue to be unique. Okay, beautiful. Thank you very much, Kevin. What were the key takeaways from today? The first one is that what we talked about this episode, thinking outside the framework, is a complementary overarching principle to the circular framework that we spoke about last week. As you apply and reapply the framework, also question ideate on new ways to undertake your current processes. How can you tactically improve those after you've gotten those better engagements with your dream customers, Dream 100, business partners, and you've gone back and thought about what's changed with them, how can you apply those changes to improve your current processes and ideas around how you go to market? And while the underlying marketing principles and the 5Bs framework are evergreen, those tactics and implementation are in a constant flux. And this represents a very exciting opportunity and challenge for us as B2B marketers. We need to continue to be creative. We need to continue to be unique. And we need to take all those learnings in the application of the 5Bs framework and continue to iterate on them. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Kevin. Listeners, as always, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. And look, Kevin and I are just so grateful that each week, more and more marketers tune in every Monday morning to the B2B Playbook. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to please pass on the show to someone who you think would get value from it. Also, check us out on YouTube. It's a huge help to us and we'd really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. See you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. See you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at 
theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.